Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. Welcome back to Breathe In. I'm Tiffany, and today I do not have Gunner. I am by myself, except I have a very special guest today, Ashley Terwilliger. She is 35, going to be 36 next month, and she lives in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, and she has cystic fibrosis. Hey, Ash. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, doing good, doing good. Yeah. I'm Enjoying f- the nice hot weather here in PA. Oh, yeah. It's hot here in California, girl, too. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not as humid over there. I mean, o- over here as it is there. But yeah, it's you. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, summer months, we like to get out and have some fun. But I want to yeah. have the listeners kind of get to know you. So why don't you tell us about yourself and your life with cystic fibrosis? Okay. Like Tiff said, I'm 35. Um, I was diagnosed with CF at four years old. Um, I had like a failure to thrive, you know, the typical reasons for the diagnosis. Um, my childhood was relatively normal. Um, I was fairly healthy. Uh, they said that I had a very mild case of CF at the time. Um, so I was never hospitalized until I was like 16. Um, and that was only for a couple days to get my first pick line. Um, I played sports all my life. I um, went to college on my own, and then I got a full-time job after college, and then I got married, and we had a child, and it, was, it wasn't until after I had her that I really uh, started declining to the point where I would need the lung transplant. So I was fairly healthy most of my life, and then it was just got one bad infection, and it, everything went downhill from there. Right. So what kind of sports did you play? I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. Wow. So you're very active. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, think I was that, always active. Do you think that helped you get through oh, everything? Totally. I think that's what kept me, kept me healthy. Um, like in high school, when I during basketball season, because you run so much in basketball, my PFTs were always so much higher uh-huh. during basketball season. Mm-hmm. So um, it definitely helped being active all, all year. Yeah. I, I always found that helped me when I played soccer because soccer was Mm -hmm. always you know run one end of the field to the other just like in uh, basketball so let's talk about um you getting a full-time job what did you go to school for and what was your job uh I I studied elementary education Mm -hmm. um at the time I wish somebody would have said hey that's probably not a good idea because kids are germ factories but (laughs) that was my passion and so I studied elementary ed, and then I got a job straight out of college in teaching first grade. And I taught first grade for seven years, and then I moved to second grade for a year. So that was a big adjustment. Yeah. Uh, I got sick a lot my first year. After that, 
you kind of get immune to it. But I loved it. It was kept me uh, kept me going, kept me. But like I said, it was tough struggling with the keeping the germs. I was like a Purell maniac. Like I Purell my kids like it was my job. <laughs> yeah. So is that like is that something that was helping you get through getting sick? Is was Purell or did you do anything extra that? Because like we know, it is a petri dish in little kids' oh. classrooms. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did you do find anything that helped you or? <clears throat> I um like in the classroom, I Lysoled everything, mm-hmm. Pureled everything, all my kids all the time, <laughs> right. constantly like cleaning my room. So I like I didn't rely on the uh, the janitors to like clean it to my yeah. specification. <laughs> like they would clean it. But then I would come in and Lysol everything right. and just kept it clean. And I would every week after work, like I always I made sure I kept up on that stuff because I knew that would help me like uh, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's a good idea because I didn't even think about like the janitors. They probably don't clean it very well because they have so many classrooms to do. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that you would have to do extra work in order to make sure. That's right. good. And I'm glad. And they would I'm, just, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure the parents of the kids loved having you as a teacher because they knew <laughs> that you were very, very oh, clean yeah. and everything. So what mm-hmm. was, um? so you got sick more often when you were teaching. Did you find that mm-hmm. your uh, PFTs were dropping then? Um, yeah, I think not at the time, like, I don't think I noticed it as much, but they were, if you look back now, they were like a steady decline. And that was like my, like early twenties to mid twenties was when I was teaching. So they were just slowly declining a little bit year by year. Mm -hmm. Nothing at the time where I was like dropping. Right. But you can see now, like if you look back, you can see a steady decline where that could have been just Mm -hmm. me, like my CF, or it could have been due to the fact that I was getting at least two or three good colds every year uh-huh. because of the kids, you know? For sure. Yeah, so. that rhinovirus will get you. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so you've been teaching, and did you get married while you were a teacher? Yes. Um, yes. I started teaching in 2006, and then we got married in 2009. Okay. So, yeah, three years into teaching, yeah, I got married. So I love hearing, like, love stories. So how did you meet your husband? <laughs> Okay, so um, my I met my cousin, I met my husband at college. Mm-hmm. Um, his last name is Twilliger, obviously, but his nickname was Twig. Everybody called him Jimmy Twig, mm-hmm. and my maiden name is Twig. <laughs> so we were in like a, in class one day, and somebody was like, "Hey, Twig, Twig," and I thought they were talking to me. <laughs> I was like, "Who else named Twig?" Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was him. And I, then so we started talking. I was like, "Why are they calling?" twig are you are we related Uh and so we found out his name was Twilliger and then it was kind of all fate after that um fell in love in an anatomy class (laughs) yeah we kind of became known as twig and twig on campus so cute so (laughs) when did he find out you had cf did you tell him right away or was it something that just happened do you remember um, yeah, I actually, I remember we were taking a walk one day. Um, it was pretty early on, within like the first month of us being officially boyfriend-girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I kind of just told him, hey, listen, this is something about me. I have a disease. This is what it is. This is what happens. Uh-huh. Um, and I just kind of told him about it. And he was super, like, 
okay, cool. Like he didn't bother him. He was, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a deal breaker. Right. So he totally like accepted it and he was like, all right, that's all right. We'll do what we have to do. Yeah. So he was really good about it. Oh, that's great. I love hearing mm-hmm. that because I know a lot of people get um, self-conscious or something about telling their significant other about it. So it's great to know that you had that easy transition to telling him to telling him so uh, you guys got married and then how was your health when you were pregnant because a lot of the time people don't think you know having a child when you have low lung function is you can do it so Mm -hmm. what was your journey with that so um we uh, got married, like I said, in 2009, and we had, after we got married, we said, you know what, we're going to leave it up to fate, mm-hmm. and if we get pregnant, we get pregnant, um, we didn't want to do any fertility or anything like that, or like tracking your ovulation and all that, we didn't want to do any of that, we said, mm-hmm. you know what, if it happens, it happens, yeah. and uh, it took us like three years wow. when we finally got pregnant, yeah, it took us three years of just letting it happen, mm-hmm. and um, when I got pregnant, I was about at... I was in like mid forties. Okay. And I remember calling my doctor and saying, I'm pregnant. And he, I kind of feel like he like held his breath for the next nine months. Right. <laughs> he was like, okay, well let's do it. And he was really supportive. He said, okay. all right, come in immediately. We're right. trying to get out a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately we stopped a lot of my meds, like my backroom okay. and rifampin because those were like class, it's like levels of how dangerous they would be for a baby kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they were in the like top class. We said immediately. So like I said, I was in the mid forties and throughout my pregnancy, I was hospitalized three different times um, for a couple weeks, each one. And the last one I was in the hospital for the last month of my pregnancy. Um, they just were keeping a really close eye on me. I got, um, a lot of, uh, infections because I wasn't on those meds that kind of fight against them. So it was tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say it wasn't. It was, it was a tough pregnancy. Um, I had to deliver her at 35 weeks, um, because they said, you know, we're going to get her to the point where her lungs will be developed mm-hmm. and there'll be no danger. Yeah. And then we're going to induce you at 35 weeks because you need to get back on your meds. Yes. So that was, that was kind of a, it was like a balancing act between my health and the baby's The baby comes first. Do what you need to do for the baby. Mm-hmm. But they're like, they're you're not healthy. You can't take care of your baby. So right. it was a really, um, it was a really uh, tough balancing act. But the doctors were so good about it, and they never once said, like, this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were super supportive. And like I said, it was tough, and I still worked the whole time. I was still working wow. full time. Um, it was really about being um, really strong about doing my treatments every day, okay. doing my breathing treatments, mm-hmm. exercising. Um, it was kind of tough to do, like, running when you were oh, uh, yeah. pregnant, obviously. Um, so I would go to the pool at my gym. My gym okay. had a uh, pool you could swim laps in. So that was really easy because it kind of takes all your weight off. For sure. So I would swim I would swim before work hmm. and work all day. And, like, it, I made it through. I mean, it was all worth it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And after, um, after I had her, after I was in the hospital for a month, I had her a normal birth. 
I left the hospital like two days later. They're like, yeah. okay, you good, you can go oh home. Oh my gosh, that's it was crazy. Like, they just, yeah, it was like I bounced right back after I had her and um, I got put back on my meds. Uh-huh. And then I was out of the hospital for two months or two years after that. Wow. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Even so, with like such yeah. low lung function, did you find that your lung function dropped from the mid forties um, after you had the pregnancy? Yeah. Um, when I had her, I was about at low thirties. Okay. Yeah. So that was yeah. That's it was a scary lo- limbo mm-hmm. between being. Um, kind of in that weird spot where you think you can get better, but then it's on that weird level that you're going to need a transplant. Exactly. And he mentioned it, I think like while I was pregnant and he said something like, you know what, you're getting kind of near transplant range. And I was like, what? But then after I had her, it did bounce back up to like the, like 41, I think after I had her a couple months later, it was like back to 41, which still wasn't amazing, but I was still able to do my daily life without being struggling to be on oxygen or anything like that. Right. So I have a question about when you were doing your treatments when you're pregnant. It's Mm -hmm. kind of funny, but did you do your vest? Because you know how you have to strap it on? You have this big belly. (laughs) I mean, you could like open up the straps, but like how did you, were you able to do that? Yeah, they were for a while, like my uh, regular vest fit. And I asked, I'm like, is this like going to damage the baby? They're like, no, it's fine. She'll love it. So for a while, I could just loosen the bottom buckles, but after a while, they got too way too tight. So they right. gave me a, just it was just like a wrap. Oh, the wrap one. Yeah, it went above my belly. Mm. So that one I used uh, for most of the time, which I kind of didn't like because I couldn't get my lower airways, you know, down there. And that's right. where most of my, like, Problem. struggle was. So it was like, for those last couple months, like, I wasn't able to get down here. But then my okay. husband would... Um, do like hand percussion okay. on me just to get those lower regions. But right. yeah, I was, the vest was so funny. And you know, after she was born, I would wear the vest and she would be like with me. She would fall right asleep. It was like, she was used to that That's... vibration. It would put her right to sleep. That's so funny. funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I could see that because I used to sit in the hospital and I would just fall asleep doing it mm-hmm. yeah, I easily. It was just like, <laughs> I don't know why, but it is just soothing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're coughing up a lung, that's a different story. Right. Um, sure. so then after you had her, I know you had to get listed for transplant. How long after you had Ray did it happen? Uh, she was born in 2013 in May mm-hmm. and I went for evaluation in 2016. So she was three. Okay. Um, yeah, I went in August of 2016 is when I, like was real low. My, um, my FEV was like 24, I think. Wow. And you know, at the time when I went, I didn't even think, I was like, there's no way they're going to list me. Right. I'm fine. Like I'm still doing everything in the daily life. Like I'm fine. Right. I think, you know, we have such a high tolerance for everything. We're like, eh, we're fine. Right. That was totally my attitude going in. I was like, no way. Well, and we like adapt to that low lung function mm-hmm. that it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a struggle, even though it really is. People can mm-hmm. see it happening that we're breathing so hard. Uh, but for us, it's just normal. It's just, so, yeah, we learn to live with it. And, we, you yeah. know, that's, people say that all the time, like, oh, I used to watch you breathe, like, mm-hmm. so heavy. I'm like, really? I didn't even notice. But, yeah. Yeah, you're right. People yeah. notice. It, it's, uh, it's weird because when you see someone that is struggling 
like we were, and you just watch them, you can see it. And then with, um, right. with like seeing videos of me back in the day, like right when I got my transplant, like I got the call, I watch that video and I just see me struggling to just talk. And yeah. I was like, okay, it was time. It was time. So let's talk about <laughs> you getting listed and everything. How are you, how are you mentally with that? And how long were you listed? I know you got your lungs, which is amazing and you're doing great. <laughs> so let's talk about that journey from being listed <clears throat> to when you get the call. Okay. Um, so like I said, I wasn't expecting to get listed, but they brought me back and they said, you know what? You're healthy. Um, in every other aspect. So we think you're a good candidate. You know, you'll bounce back really quick. We're going to list you. I immediately like bawled my eyes out because right. I wasn't, it was <laughs> after that, I was like, all right, well, let's, right. let's just the next step. And when I got listed, I wasn't on oxygen or anything. Um, but then in September I kind of got, um, sicker and I needed, started needing oxygen and, <clears throat> I waited for five months until February. Mm -hmm. I had a dry run in December okay. um, where I got called in and then I was sitting on the operating table like watching them take all their tools out. And then they're like, no, never mind. Like, Ugh. talk about anxiety. Right. <laughs> um, but then by then, by uh, after December, like all through January, it was like I was, I was like begging for them to call me because mm -hmm. it was just a struggle every day. Right. And especially having Rayleigh, my daughter, like I couldn't pick her up like that. Yeah. Just picking her up put me out of breath. So yeah. I couldn't run around with her because I was on oxygen, mm -hmm. like constantly having a tube behind me. Um, like I couldn't run with her. I couldn't play with her. Like I couldn't even like barely like take care of her. Like right. I couldn't carry her upstairs to give her a bath. I couldn't yeah. carry up her to bed. So that was like the mental part of it. Right. It was like I could care less about like the whole surgery. I was like, just let me get this so I can get back to being her mom. Yes. And so that was the hard part. It was like total guilt every day that I couldn't do it. And luckily my mother came down and stayed with us for those five months. Right. So she, so Jimmy could keep working and I had somebody there to like help take care of her, help mm. take care of me, right. the, just do the daily stuff at home. Which is great. So yeah, it, it, was, it was great that she came down. Yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a long five months. And by the yeah. end, I was like, give me long. Yeah. Seriously. Then, yeah, February, February 8th, uh, I got the call at like seven in the morning. Mm -hmm. And those were it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember that so vividly, actually, because I had just got my lungs not uh -huh. too long before yeah. you. So, I mean, I'm thinking about you just feeling that guilt of not being able to be a parent and not being able to do that, and that's just really hard, because I, you know, I don't have any children, and I just felt guilty for my parents having to do everything for me, but you had the responsibility of a little child right. that you needed to help, and you couldn't do it, so I just, I couldn't even imagine that pain you were feeling, but how old was she when you went through transplant? So she was... She was uh, still three. She okay, turned three. four that following May. So right, she was right, still three right. when so I went three. through it. Yeah. So, so it was tough because she doesn't under like she yeah. doesn't understand. Like, mom, yeah. why can't you play with me? Right. Mom, like, come on, mom. Like, she didn't get it. Right. Um, and telling her, I, okay, I'm. I and I left to go get new lungs, mm -hmm. and I didn't come back for a month. Right. 
So that was tough for her too. I mean, they brought her down to visit mm -hmm. and um, so I was able to see her, but she's like, she, like, she's like, wait a minute, where's mom? Like right. I was there every single day of her life and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden I was gone. Yeah. So that was tough. But luckily I think like part of me when that was happening, I was like, oh, I wish she was older so she'd understand. Mm -hmm. But now I'm kind of like, I'm glad she was younger because she mm -hmm. won't remember. Right. You know what I mean? Well, like, she it's kind of traumatic in a way to not have yeah. your mom, and then you go see your mom, and she's, like, got all these tubes <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. everything. But now she sees you just thriving and doing right. so well and able to play with her, and I'm sure that's just so rewarding. And, I mean, how's life now? Oh, it's amazing. Um, knock on wood. Yeah, knock um, on wood. Like, my last <laughs> Right. Uh, like I literally just came inside from running around playing Frisbee with Ray and right. playing basketball and hopscotch. So yeah. like the fact that I'm able to do that and um, my last PFTs were at 100. Oh, my so, gosh. Like, I'm just I just want to keep, keep keep it going. Knock on wood. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's, like it's like a 180. And mm -hmm. um, like I'm able to do things at home. I'm able to take care of her. I'm able to take care of that house stuff. Yeah. While Jimmy's at work and it's. Just living life. It's just great because, I mean, you think about how it was before and how you couldn't even probably get out of bed a lot of the time. And now it's like, okay, I'm getting out. Let's go do stuff. Let's get it, you know? It's just so mm -hmm. amazing. And I know you, um, you just love to be a mom, and it's just such a blessing that you – we're able to do that, and then you get lungs now, and are able to just live life. Oh, absolutely! And it's funny to see you kind of like I know it's so cliche, but you mm -hmm. do you able to do those things when you've seen the other side where you can't go to the bathroom without being out of breath, yep. and go upstairs to your bedroom without having to stop a couple times on the way up, and. Yeah. Those extra hours we have every day from not having to do our vests and our nebulizers and all that, it's like, it's amazing to be able to get out of bed and go about your day without having to be like, oh, yeah. gotta do all my treatments. <laughs> it's so true. So it's awesome. Yeah, so what is the future for you? What do you see you doing? Are you wanting, do you have a bucket list? Do you have anything that you want to go do since you have this new lease on life? <laughs> um yeah like we talk about everything every day about places we can go mm -hmm. it's so much easier to travel now yeah. um I want to I've always wanted to uh write my own children's books oh, so okay. get trying to get that uh, I want to go on some more trips with all the sisters yeah. and <laughs> yeah yeah and do like just take Ray everywhere we can take her. Yes. Do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, she's she's just so lucky to have you as a mother, especially <laughs> you know. I mean, being a teacher and everything, you have just this. I feel I always say like teachers are like the best people ever. I mean, you guys just give all your love, and you just want to make sure that everybody is educated and knows you know everything you know I don't know what I'm oh, yeah. saying but you oh, know you know what she's she probably disagreed with you because she <laughs> the fact that I'm on her butt every day like <laughs> you will learn how to read yeah <laughs> well I mean 
that's great to have (laughs) someone like that in your life and I'm just so happy you got your lungs and you are thriving I mean do you have any advice for people that want to I mean you have a whole bunch of stuff let's say being a teacher (laughs) um having a child with CF and going through transplant those are three like main things that we talked about and I think a lot of people would like to hear like what kind of advice you have for people my like I've always said this now that I'm older and you can kind of reflect on when you were younger my biggest thing I always like want to tell people CF you need to exercise as much as you can that's like the biggest thing I could tell anybody Mm -hmm. and especially people that want to plan on having children one day if you the higher your lung function is when you get pregnant the better off you're going to be so keep it as high as you can and the best thing you can do is work out exercise Mm -hmm. just be active like you don't have to play sport you don't have to like run miles every day just keep your lungs working that's the best thing you can do for yourself and I know like even when I was younger I slapped off when like when I was in college and I wasn't really playing a sport like Mm -hmm. I can't wait around a couple yeah, some days of and exercise all. And I'd like to kick myself back then or the days I skipped my vest when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. I'm fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just want to kick myself. So, like, do your stuff, mm-hmm. work out, and, like, the longer you can put off lung transplant, the better you're going to be. Right. Like, so I, I just want to, like, smack my younger self. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean... We all go through our times and, um, you know, I'm just happy that we have this technology that we can have new lungs and go through it and have a new lease on life and breathe Mm -hmm. and live life as much as we can. And, you know, I'm just uh, very grateful for your donor and you know, for your, for your team, and yeah, I'm, you're just awesome, and being a mom, you're doing great. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So, we're gonna get into our, um, segment of recommends, so if you haven't listened before, we started this new thing, because someone actually on our social media told us to start doing it, so we are doing recommendations of anything we want it doesn't have to be cf related it could be anything so ashley send us your recommendation okay i actually thought of two when you mentioned this before oh okay okay one is for working out okay this is my one recommendation if you this is a good workout tool for anybody of any uh what i want to say like level of fitness mm-hmm. um i use trx bands or trx straps i love those Um, there's lots of brands uh trx is just the one i use they're so good because it's all body weight so like somebody who's 200 pounds and somebody who is 100 pounds can do the exact same workout but it just because of your you can adjust it so easily and it's like the best workout yeah um so that's my first recommendation i love trx straps i still use them uh second if anybody is not watching this television show (laughs) You're missing out. This I've been on everybody's butt that I know to watch this show. On Netflix, Peaky Blinders is the best show <laughs> on the planet after, like, Game of Thrones. Okay. But it's so good, you have to watch it. 
Yeah. That's my recommendation. Okay, what about Friends, though? <laughs> I thought Friends was top. Friends? Show that you need to watch now. Like, Game of Thrones is over. Okay. Peaky Blinders is the show you need to watch now. Okay. And Netflix. Okay, okay. It does not compare at all to Friends, but right. it's a good show to watch. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my recommends is... Um, this is, I know Gunner's going to listen to this and just roll his eyes. Um, but because uh, August 23rd, Taylor Swift's album's coming out. And <laughs> yeah. So I recommend you guys getting that album because I know for a fact it's going to be good because Secret mm. Sessions have already been, go had been going on. So I know from um, the tweets and stuff that it's amazing. And everybody's saying Lover over 1989, which is like, what? Whoa. That's like a big deal. Because 1989 was the time that I met her. And it was like that time. Oh, yeah. That was like my time. Because I love Matete. Right. But, you know, I love every <laughs> album. But I mean, You do? I had no idea. <laughs> She's staring at me right now. She's right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, if... I don't want to sound weird, but I have a cutout of Taylor Swift. Um, Leah had gotten mm. me it for Christmas one year, so I have I Taylor it. looking at me all the time. But I say go give Lover a chance. I know a lot of people didn't care for Reputation, <clears throat> but of course I love it, and I love every mm -hmm. album. But I mean, go give it a chance. If it's better than 1989, then I mean, I mean it's going to be It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So... Mm -hmm. August 23rd, go get it, and mm -hmm. um, show some support to the Swifties, because, yes. you know, we love me some Tay-Tay, <laughs> but yeah, that's my recommendation, and so that comes to an end of our podcast. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. And so for you guys at home, if you want to listen to us, make sure you go to iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. And if you're on iTunes, make sure you give us a five star, five stars for Ashley here. And you um, review us because we love seeing the comments. Ashley, have you done it yet? Have I done what? Made a comment? Yes, and gave us five stars. Oh, yeah, I gave five stars. Okay, well, you need to make a comment mm -hmm. too. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll comment too. We like comments. I still have to listen to Amanda's. I haven't listened oh, yeah. to hers yet. You that need was to... like on my docket to watch it. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. We loved having Amanda. She's amazing. Third yeah, Transplant, Go Girl. If you guys haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It was a couple weeks ago. And she badass. Yeah, she, she sure is. <laughs> uh, that's like an understatement, I say. Right. Um, also, if you want to uh, follow us on Instagram, it's at breathe underscore in underscore pod. And if you want to email us, it's the same breathe underscore in underscore pod at asiasin.org. I'm Tiffany Rich. That's Ashley. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye.